Hello there, my name's Neil David and I'm the host of Eurograps Express, the podcast exclusively dedicated to the wrestling of Europe. If it's wrestling and it happens in Europe and it's good, we talk about it. Whether it's RevPro, Progress, WXW, Passion Pro, Pro Wrestling Chaos, Pro Wrestling North, we don't care, we talk about them all. If it's good and it's exciting, I want to share it with you. We're on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Check us out on the feed. Check us out on Twitter at EuroGrapsEXP. And join us for chat about European wrestling and a little bit of chat about cheese. Hopefully see you there. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel, joined by Damon McDonald. It is Sunday the 13th of November 2022. This is episode 234. Damon, uh, how are you today? We're good, we're busy, we've got a jam-packed show. Um, lives are just being juggled and schedules being juggled and uh, we have a guest, a, a rare guest, a rare third mic here uh, on this show as we talk about stardom um and the crossover show and we promised an expert and boy did he fucking deliver right uh i think uh, this is one of our more uh not only entertaining shows but also uh educational shows as well for those of you who are maybe new to stardom or who haven't watched it all and want to jump in before this crossover show. So uh, we have just a plethora of information to share with you. Yeah. Make sure you've got your notebook handy because uh, it's going to come at you thick and fast. And speaking of coming at you thick and fast, uh, Damon, please open your WhatsApp because I've sent you a little video clip of something uh, our boy Hiromu Takahashi was up to this week. Now, I would like you to watch this video and give us your thoughts or guesses what you think Hiromu's up to here. All right. I have it right here. It came through the internet. And uh, I will press play. It's a big file. 2.8 megabit. All right. Here we go. Oh. What the fuck? Okay. I'm pausing for a second. He is fever. I. Okay. There's a video. Uh, it's a split screen. Um, he's 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 masturbating. He's jerking off right now. Hiromo is jerking his, or you don't see his dick, uh, but he is feverishly. I would describe it feverishly jacking his dick, or trying to get us to believe he is. Fe- Why is he doing this, Joe? What is the, what is this for? Okay, I'll, I'll give you a clue. He is trying to break uh, a Guinness World Record. So I was wondering if you could guess what you think that record might be. Boy, don't show Aaron Hanare this video. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, look, I, I mean, it looks like he's jacking it, but uh, it's, it's definitely there's going to be a, a, a hook here somewhere. So, uh, what would be something that would look like jerking off, but not jerking off? Um, I don't know. I got to watch more. All right, I'm going to watch more. It's making this sound. 
What the? It's like. What the fuck? Is it coming blood? God. It's like that scene from Antichrist. <laughs> I think he's finished. He finished. Like, like he's accomplished something. Yeah. I mean, the sound it made. He needs lubricant is what he needs. He fucking needs lubricant. Oh, it he started over. Egg. Does he have an egg? Unfortunately, no. It's not a Tenga egg sponsorship. Although oh. you should definitely do that. I mean, this is this is egg material, right? Oh my god! <laughs> I, I've never screamed like that masturbating. I'm very I'm very quiet, very subtle. He's a noisy. He's a noisy comer. Oh. All right. So what is this for? What the fuck is that for? Right, well, I've sent you the what it's actually for. I've sent you the tweet below. So oh. you could check your own answers there. All right. You sent me the, the actual tweet. Okay. Let me say. Yeah. Uh, okay. Is, who's a, How do you pronounce this dude's name? I see him all the time. Kieran. Kieran? That's Kieran? Okay. Uh, Hiromu Takashi attempting to earn the Guinness World Record for most times zipping up and down a trouser crotch zipper in 60s. Okay. Well, I mean, it was, I was close. I mean, he's just inches away from his dick. Um. Okay. Good for him. Fucking too much time on his hands is what he's got. Now too much dick in his hands. Hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, all right. <laughs> Welcome to the JK. <laughs> All right, uh, other stuff in the news. Okay, so we've had a couple of events uh, down under with the uh, New Japan Tamashi, and we don't know when exactly they're going to make tape. Uh, from what I hear, they're basically like PWA shows, but with <laughs> very light sprinkling of New Japan talent. Mm. Uh, but uh, we have spoken to our friends over at Okada Shorts, who you may remember we actually uh, united those boys for the first time, Curtis and Rafe. Yes. When they filled in, we're away. And now they enjoyed the experience so much, they actually have their own podcast now. Oh, and way to clog they, up the uh, space. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Rafe is the expert as far as uh, the Australasian wrestling scene goes. So uh, we, I think, would uh, be talking to them at some point in the future around when these shows make tape so they can uh, give us the lowdown on all the talent down there and what we can expect from this. Uh, so, yeah, look forward to that one soon. Um, also, Damon, we have to hand in our Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame ballots yes. in two days. Yes. <laughs> Just like everything else in my life, I've done no research. And no, play- <laughs> no, I have done a bit. I've been listening to the Voices of Wrestling shows on it on their Patreon, which has been really useful. And I think I am set on the five people I'm voting for in Japan category. I'm not sure who I'm, what other categories I'm going to vote for. But so far on my... Shortlist. Oh, you're giving out your votes. Place. You're giving out your votes. Oh, you. I mean, you are. You think? Well, oh, you I'm can. To, but now you you had to. Well, okay. I'll give, I'll give you the two definite yeses. I'm going, and the other people I'm considering. So it's, okay. it's got to be absolute yes. Yes for Tetsuya Naito because he ticks every single one of those boxes in terms of drawing power. Um, <laughs> what are the other categories? Yeah, in ring and fuck. What's the other category? It's, Maybe merch uh, and, oh, uh, and historical games. significance. Yes. Okay. Yes, Def- definitely a hi- historically significant wrestler is Tetsuya Naito. So he's a yes. And uh, Holy Demon Army, Akira Tawe and Toshiaki Kawada is one of the the greatest tag teams of all time. I think they definitely got to go in. Other people I'm considering, I'm considering Sima 
Me too. Shima. I don't even know how to pronounce his name, but yeah, he was definitely be on my shortlist. Uh, Kota Ibushi. I think he ticks a lot of those boxes as well. And Marafuji. And I'm also considering Shingo, actually. And maybe mm. Mako Satomura. So I've got to narrow that down to five. Right. Uh, I guess on my short list of people getting votes, uh, I would say Naito is probably top of my list. I would say uh, Kawada and Tao definitely considered on the list. Um, I'm kind of torn between... I keep... My eyes keep going back to Hayabusa and what he did. I don't want to say post Onita, but like to kind of like bridge the gap of what FMW was and how revolutionary he was and... I'm kind of in that camp. Um, Anoki Sakaguchi, possibly. Um, let's. So Kota Ibushi is one that I'm kind of like. I don't know. I don't know about Kota Ibushi, and I don't know about Marafuji, and I don't know about Shingo. Those are the ones where I'm kind of like. Oh. There's definitely ones where I'm like definitely no. But those are the ones that are, at least are under consideration with, I think, Ishii being the biggest challenge for me because consistently he's been just unbelievable in ring. But I just don't know about anything else. You know what I mean? Like, what else? He, he is an in-ring monster, and there's plenty of in-ring in in monsters that are in Dave's Hall of Fame. But I just, I don't know. I, like, to me, a Hall of Fame is, you're a Hall of Famer. And I think that that word somewhat gets diluted. And I don't, I'm not 100% sure, aside from in-ring work, like what other thing is he checking the box for? Uh, he's got a lot of, high-profile, high-drawing events and main events to his name. I mean, more recently, one that sticks in my mind is uh, Wrestle Kingdom 14, night one. You know, that was a well, that was a sellout, wasn't it, with him mm -hmm. and Okada on top. Uh, main event at a ton of New Japan shows that have done huge gates. Um, and all this, the big matches that he's had in DDT did really good numbers as well. And uh, historical significance for uh, wrestling in abandoned buildings and blow up dolls and things like that, <laughs> and, and launching the Ibushi Pro Wrestling Institute. I think that's true too. That's true too. Trust me, I'm not. It's not like I'm. I'm saying no. I just. I just want for Ibushi. I just want, and you know, and Ishi too. Like I'm just kind of like okay. I mean, Ibushi's probably a stronger case. To be honest with you. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, he's got the the drawing record, but yeah. Ishii does not. Yeah. Is he a Hall of Famer? Ibushi. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, he, whether or not he resumes his career, I think everything that he's done so far would definitely uh, warrant inclusion. So you know, I've talked myself into. I'm probably going to vote a yes on Ibushi. <sighs> I'll, I'll go probably. I'll see. It's going to be a game time decision. I'll, I'll probably I'll probably vote for less people than more people 
like if I if I have five votes, I'm, it's probably going to be less. I just I just feel like a Hall of Fame needs to be a Hall of Fame. Abushi again, conversation. Hayabusa, definitely a conversation. Even Ishi, conver- a conversation can be had. Um, I mean, but I think I'm I'm kind I'm kind of with you too. There are two slam dunks for me. Like two votes are being used. Um, and then the rest, uh, you know, I'll need to do a little bit more homework. Maybe do a little bit more because uh, I don't want to just go with my heart and gut because that doesn't mean shit. Um, I like to have some data to back that up, but I, I think two votes are going definitely. And while we're speaking of Kota Ibushi, of course, he hasn't set foot in a New Japan ring since the G1 Climax final of last year when he suffered that injury to Kazuchika Okada. And now not many people know this, Damon, but since suffering that injury, and uh, since he, he has taken this sabbatical from wrestling, he's actually become a chef for our sponsors over at HelloFresh. <laughs> really? Well, fantastic. Yeah. That's great news. He's keeping busy and uh, and preparing delicious meals for HelloFresh. Listen, I know a segue when I hear it. Listen, I'm, this is not my first rodeo. I, 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 I got this. I got this. Uh, you know, with Kota Ibushi and and all his fucking delicious foods that he makes from HelloFresh. Well, listen, if you're not familiar with HelloFresh, let me uh, let me give you the the scoop here. With HelloFresh, you do get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes made by Kota Ibushi delivered right to your doorstep. You know who could knock on some doorsteps too? <laughs> Never mind. Uh, skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit exclamation point. Listen, it's time to cozy up, save some money by cooking at home. Cooking at home? Yep, cooking at home. The autumn season is the perfect time to experience delicious taste, and unparalleled convenience. HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you can have your pumpkin spice and eat it too. (laughs) With a rotating selection of fall-inspired items from HelloFresh Market. From brunch kits to a fall dessert board. Wow. You'll find everything you need for all your favorite autumnal occasions, like tailgating. Oktoberfest, and more. Listen, here's what I want you to do. Get in that get in that crisp air season for our people, maybe not in Australia. They're getting warm right now. But uh, look, go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW6565. Use that, that keyword VOW65 for what? Take a guess. 65% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh.com slash VOW65. Use VOW65 for 65% off. That's more than 50, right? According to my math, uh, plus free shipping. HelloFresh.com. We love you. We appreciate you uh, being a team member here at the Super JCast. HelloFresh.com slash <sighs> VOW65. Use that VOW65, 65% off. Free shipping. Thank you, HelloFresh. Thank you, Damon McDonald. Um, that brings me on to the next part of the show, which I've now read out the Stronger Log. Yeah. So 
This is the show that we had uh, from New Japan Strong, New Japan Strong Showdown from the Vermont in Hollywood. Uh, this was broadcast yesterday, uh, Saturday the 12th of November. So we started off with a singles match between Kenny King, who defeated uh, Shea Cabrera in eight minutes and seven seconds. So of course, Shea Cabrera, uh, Latino meat, as he's affectionately known, half of the Wolf Zaddies. Uh, so he used to team with our favourite man, uh, Badu Tito. So again, every time I watch Shea Cabrera, he's not as good as Badu Tito. He's still good. You know, he's solid. And I think he's solid enough to make me hold out hope for a Wolf Zaddies reunion in Japan. So maybe if TMDK can uh, recruit Latino meats, that is something I would love to see in the future. Because I just, I love the sort of throwback look of Shea Cabrera with the, the, the pink latex singlet and the the ponytail that he's got. It's just a look that you don't see these days. So I just enjoyed watching him. And he's a, he's a good wrestler as well. This match was fine. And also, we had a tag team match with Team Filthy, Danny Limelight and Jared Kratos, defeating Adrian Quest and Jordan Cruz in 8 minutes, 22 seconds. This was really, really good. I do think this is one that's worth going out of your way to see because there was a lot of great high-flying action and some really spectacular spots in here. And Adrian Quest is a guy who I would love to see more often on Strong because I think him and Danny Limelight in particular had some great chemistry in this match. So, ooh, a bit of fun flippy-do sprinkled into New Japan Strong is always welcome. And the main event, we had Minoru Suzuki defeating Fred Yehai in 16 minutes, 29 seconds. And yeah, this wasn't your bog standard sort of copy-paste Suzuki work in the US Indies tour. I thought they did something a bit different here. There was some good submission grappling and I thought Suzuki actually gave Fred Yehai quite a lot here, which obviously shows that uh, Suzuki holds Yehai and his skill set in high esteem. And you know, it seems that Fred Yehai is a guy who, uh, for whatever reason, is content doing wrestling as a part-time thing. It doesn't seem that he is interested necessarily in working for any of these promotions or working for New, New Japan full-time. So I think this is probably his ceiling in New Japan Strong. You know, he is going to play a guy who pops up for these kind of showcase main events or challenging for the strong title from now and then. But I think it's a treat every time he does. So every time I see Fred J. High in a big singles match like this, you know it's going to be good. So not something that you're going to get terribly emotionally invested in because, like I said, I don't think he's going to be a guy who is likely to be flying out to Japan for a G1 anytime soon. But uh, you're always going to have a good time watching Fred Joho wrestle. And this uh, Suzuki match was really good. You so know what, Joel? Speaking of him, it. you know, it, it, you may not be able to see him on your TV, but you know, maybe he shows up at your doorstep. You never know, right? <laughs> you never know. You never it's know. Small worlds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and also I wanted to give a shout out to the excellent commentary from Ian Riccoboni. I just wanted to pronounce it like that. Nice. Nice. Right. He lives around me. You know that? Oh, does he? Yeah. You should you should go for a drink with him. I would love to. to the penalty spot. I would love to penalty box. That's okay. <laughs> penalty spot? Did you got the? Why spot? did I think it was penalty spot? I don't know. Penalty box. Well, that's in football. There's the, the penalty spot where you take a penalty kick from. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, you mix them up. Hurt my heart. One day you'll be there too. I think you should invite Ian Ian Riccoboni into your penalty box. Hot. Just make sure <laughs> you you've tidied it up using the equipment from our friends over at uh, Manscaped. No, they don't. Have to. <laughs> We don't have that. They're not our friends anymore. Silly goose. All right. Where, where are we going now? We are joined by a very special guest this week. So as we've been hinting at in previous weeks, me and Damon know absolutely fuck all about stardom, much to our uh, shame and embarrassment. So this week to join us on the show and smarten us up about the product and help us to preview historic crossover, historic X over, 
I don't even know how to say the name of the event. This is how badly it's going. Uh, we have our resident stardom expert slash freak slash pervert, whatever we're going to call him. Uh, we have uh, the wonderful Velke. Velke, thank you very much for joining us. Hello. I'm very glad to be called pervert in the <laughs> first 10 seconds of the podcast. That's great. It's going great. We, we like to, we like to bestow. Am I wrong? <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> that's, wrong. That's, that's, exactly, that's exactly it. <laughs> Look, we're all, we're all perverts and freaks here, so yeah. no shaming. Yeah, this is no. a safe space here. Um, Vel, tell us a little bit about yourself and your relationship with pro wrestling and New Japan and stardom. Where did it all begin for you? Uh, it all began with uh, with browsing on some website or something like that or listening to podcasts. And uh, someone talking about wrestling, how it's great and awesome and amazing and is helping them with their mental health. I was struggling at the time and uh, because WWE just started with NXT. Yet it's really recent. I'm a really new fan and I'm old fan, uh, like old in age, but new in wrestling queuing. And I registered for a free trial and I was hooked. And it was, as I am a Joshi in air quotations, freak or pervert or enjoyer or expert, it was Asuka uh, Kana from uh, NXT that hooked me up. I am a weep, I'm a freak, and so on. And so she basically hit on all cylinders that my fandom uh, was, my fandom started, I've left. WWE relatively uh, soon after because I realized the show is, is complete dog shit. And I've looked oh, around. So we're not going to get any NXT 2.0 insight from you this week. No, <laughs> no at all. I I think I stopped with the... I stopped watching NXT with the Andrade uh, Alistair Black match. That's like my last takeover, I think. Yes. I think so. That's that's some in January 2018, maybe, or something like that. 19, possibly. Whatever. Does not matter, really. And I've been watching New Japan Pro Wrestling and various Japanese promotions since. In 2017, uh, no. When was Shibata match? Shibata versus Okada, when he lost his yeah, brain. April 2017. Yeah, April 2017. I was almost certain I'm going to go to Japan. And then the finals of Best of Juniors happened. Uh, Kushida versus Phil Spray. That match broke me. I was crying my eyes out for some reason. I don't know why, but there I was. Uh, in the middle of the day, crying being completely exhausted after that match. And I was basically booking a flight to Japan uh, days right, after so, that. Was it, can I sort of pause and dig into that a bit? Was it, what was it about that match in particular that led to such a, an emotional response from you? I think it was uh, me telling the screen half way over, half a world away that that's enough, you can stop. Uh, because if you remember, uh, Kushida was basically out wrestling Will at that, in that match, and he was killing him. And I, that was like the match that 
made me realize that I really love this wrestling nonsense and I cannot stop it. And uh, I wanted to be there at Wrestle Kingdom because I was 100% sure Will Spray is winning the junior title at Wrestle Kingdom and I wanted to be there to see it. Because that was, as I said, for some reason it struck me and was like turning point in my fandom. And then, uh, of course, you did make your way over to Japan. How many times have you been to watch wrestling in Japan and what promotions have you seen over there? I've been twice. I've been on that uh, 2017, uh, 2018 uh, Wrestle Kingdom, which is basically I watched Naito lose. And then I was at the 2020 Wrestle Kingdom where I watched Naito win. And of course, you're only on, on the podcast here because you bribed us. And we met yes. at uh, Wrestle Kingdom 14 when we had our pre-show uh, drinks at TGI Fridays. And, you know, we've talked at length on this podcast over the past two, three years about the pandemic and all the sacrifices we've made and things we've lost. One of the things I'm most upset about are those the, the homemade chili jams, chili chutneys that you gave me, which unfortunately I had a, a bit of, but then were left in my fridge in China when I flew over to Thailand and I haven't been able to get them since. And I'm not, I'm not going to be able to get them now. They're probably not going to taste good anymore. So no, I'm really not, upset not that anymore. I lost those. Uh, I'm going to Japan this year as well. I've bought my tickets, airplane tickets, because uh, if anything last few years uh, taught me, it's that life is too short. And if you can, you have to do it. So I'm going again, even though the plane tickets are twice as expensive as they were three years ago. Hmm. Is that it now? Is that the same time of year you're going over for Wrestle Kingdom? Yeah, yeah for Wrestle Kingdom. Okay. I'm leaving on 26th of uh, December to catch some Korokan Hall shows and Stardom's end-of-the-year show in Sumo Hall, Noah show in Budokan, uh, Stardom uh, show in Yokohama Budokan, uh, Wrestle Kingdom in Tokyo Dome, and assortment of other shows through in Korokan Hall. Show, in Korokan Hall. That's awesome. I mean, I- yeah, it's... I'm, 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 like... There's no other time in the time of year you can watch wrestling in Sumo Hall, Budokan, and, uh, and Tokyo Dome at once. Yeah, it's, all, it's awesome. Like in in within a week, it's incredible. Yeah, if you're a fan of wrestling, like that is a week to go, and it's fun because people do come in and travel from all over the world, and you get to meet new people, new friends, make new friends, and yeah, it's it's really just. Just unbelievably wonderful. I, you know, listen, like you know, for five years, I've been saying, you know, if you can get there, get there because it'll change your life. How? Um, so let me ask you this: What New Japan? You're hooked. Um, you're you're all in. What helped you with the transition? Well, let me ask you this first: Like, what is it about stardom that connects with you? Um, and how? How did you become such a massive fan? Uh, as I said, uh, my entrance to wrestling fandom was Asuka. So when I watched her on NXT, I wanted to watch her, watch more of her. So I went and looked up her old matches. So I was able to see her against Meiko Satomura, against 
Shuri, against Shida, against so many other wrestlers. And uh, while looking up matches, older matches, or trying to catch up, or getting... Or because I believe that wrestling is supposed to be uh, consumed at the moment, because that's how you best enjoy it. Not if you are spoiled or not. That's that's the other thing. I think that's uh, that. The best part about wrestling is the the immediate nature of it. Mm-hmm. Like I, if if I'm. For example, I will never ever watch the Shibata versus Okada match again. Not because Shibata was hurt, but, but because I don't want to forget or the Osprey versus Kushida match. I don't want to forget the feeling I had when I watched them for okay. the first time. Okay. Because okay. I think it's special, the memory of it watching for the first time. And at the moment, uh, is special. I don't want to like lost the memory of that. So I usually do not go back and watch matches that I really enjoyed. Wow. But while I was watching, uh, while I was looking up matches, I was uh, becoming more familiar with the promotions and the wrestlers that Asuka kind of wrestled in. And I, I was starting to, because some of the wrestlers were interesting to me <clears throat> uh, from their matches with Kana. Uh, so I went and looked their other matches with someone else. And Stardom was just starting their uh, streaming service Star World, and they were. I think at that moment they were the first one and the only one. At least I do not remember anyone else had uh, had any other service. So I souped basically at the moment they started the service, and I've been souped since. And because that was the easiest way how to watch wrestling as it happened the way I think it's supposed to be consumed uh, because they were the only, at that point of uh, in time, they were the only one Joshi company that were doing that. Now, does that, like your philosophy and, and on how you consume it, does that help or is it, I guess my question is, can you go back in the archives and enjoy those masses just as much just because they're new to you or is it still just a little bit off just because of the, the, the difference in time? It's a little bit off. Yep. Usually matches don't do that to me. I, I went back and watched some of the golden age uh, Kings road matches and they were like, just, I felt nothing. Right. <laughs> it's because they happened so far away in the past. Usually matches don't do anything to me when I know when I'm going to them, I'm going to watch this match from 1995. That's not interesting to me. I'd rather watch much worse technically match that's happening today or like last week. Then I'm that one of the best matches that ever happened. If it happened 32 years ago, because I'm not interested in that. Mm-hmm. That's not current. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Derek, well, scratch your name off of our uh, Wrestling Observer newsletter Hall of Fame. <laughs> yes, <laughs> You're welcome I, to that. I, I can't help you with that at all. Like, if I can, I can tell you that I'd probably have to vote the Holy Demon Army in because they're supposed to be to be the best best tag team of all time, and there are a lot of current guys. So just vote them. Just vote them in. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, there are a few matches that transcend time for me but not many of them 
I'd like to ask you to just the sort of state of the union on stardom at the moment and also this closer partnership that they're having with New Japan by way of the shared ownership by Bushiroad. So how is the product at the moment and how, if at all, do you think stardom is benefiting and is likely to benefit from being paired up with New Japan like this? Okay, so uh, stardom currently is at its most business success ever. Uh, when Bushiroad purchased it, they were able to, mind you, that was this was just before pandemic. They were able to get maybe a thousand people in Korakan Hall, maybe uh, for something bigger, something more important. For example, one of the more important match, uh, shows uh, for current stardom for uh, for Bushiroad era is the fourth uh, of November two thousand and nineteen. That was a world that had a world title match. Uh, there, are, there are two. There, are, there's red belt and white belt in stardom. Similarly to when there was an IC belt in uh, in New Japan, there was a red belt title match on top with the icon of the company. There was a white belt in the semi main event, and there were uh, and there were uh, finals of the tag league, and they got eight hundred and twenty and thirty five people in. Mm. So, for example. They just held a show in. They just had a show in. Let me go quickly. I'm so sorry about this. Uh, this is Grand Prix. Oh, there, there are not. There are no attendances. Whatever. Uh, they had on third of uh, November, which is basically three years later, they had a show in Hiroshima. Oh, that's that's a wrong show. Tachikawa. This. Yeah. No, that's Korakan Hall. Oh, this is... Uh, yeah, okay. So they had a show in Tachikawa Stage Garden in Tokyo, and they had 2,034 people there. And that had... Uh, uh, both semifinals of the IWGP title tournament, so Kairi versus Alpha Female and Mai Watani versus Utami Hayashishita, and that and it was an opening night of uh, Tag League. So two title, two big title matches, and uh, finals of the Tag League versus uh, semifinals of the tournament uh, for the IWGP Women's Title and opening night of the Tag, tag League tournament. Uh, more than two, uh, twice as many people. Stardom is one of the few promotions that actually grew within the pandemic. Why do you think that is? Like, what, how did that happen? Uh, Bushiroad pumped a lot of money in it. Mm -hmm. uh, if if it if they did not have the budget they got from Bushiroad, if they were not allowed to book the big buildings uh, like Budokan and Sumo Hall and uh, Ottawa and other buildings, they would not have been able to grow as much. Uh, they are paying for a time slot on several TVs, or at least that's an assumption that they are paying for the time slot. I'm, I'm not sure about that, but 
they got a half an hour show on several uh, local stations. Uh, they have a talk show on Samurai TV that usually proceeds, uh, that's usually airs just before their pay-per-views. Uh, but much more important, and that's one of the other big important shows for uh, Bushiroad Ira Stadium, is that uh, the dark matches on Tokyo Dome in 2020. There was, there were, <laughs> the stadium before Bushiro purchase got 800 people in Kuraken Hall. If during the pre-show, there were 20,000 people watching those women do that match that we have seen. We, we, I think we all have been there. Have, have you all watched that match? No, yeah, yeah. We were there. Yeah. So we have seen that. The the Tokyo Dome was kind of full, like half full, maybe. What do you say? Better like twenty thousand people yeah. in the attendance at the time. Mm. So if one percent of those people, one percent of that many people, that's two hundred people. That's quarter of their normal attendance. Mm. If only one percent of those people that were there bought a ticket for their next show, they got. A quarter, a twenty-five percent increase in their attendance, yeah. just by that show. Instead, they sold out Korakan Hall for the first time ever. Hmm. So they sold eighteen hundred tickets for that for their next Korakan Hall show, which was like fourteen days later or something like that, uh, which is the second. Uh, important Korokan Hall show of the of Stardom in Bushiroad era. So they got uh, at least 1,000 1, tickets sold just by the partnership alone. Just by having that dark match alone. Yeah, I think so. And it's funny because not that mo- I don't want to say most because I don't want to speak for everyone, but I think that, that New Japan fans were happy to have it, right? Like they were oh, totally fine. You know, it was like Yes, do it. We you own the company, um, but I don't know if it was like a there was a great spotlight on that particular match in the build up to the Dome show, especially from a New Japan fan perspective. But if you're a Stardom fan, and just as you explained, what an amazing thing to have happen! Like you, like your 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 company just. Doubled profit and doubled ticket sales and doubled merch sales more than likely, um, and built new fans. It's 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 that's very telling of of like just something that might be perceived as minor to an overall Tokyo Dome show and New Japan fandom was the catalyst for a, a re I don't want to say a rebirth but but growth within Stardom. I think it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I think so. Um, and another thing was that um, they had for the next uh, they had Stardom wrestlers uh, during the Christmas tour, um, like offering uh, flyers and uh, selling tickets um, in Korakan Hall during the Christmas tour. So they had that as well. So there was there was. Already, just after the purchase, there was already some kind of uh, cooperation between the companies. 
at least in this uh, this way. And I think that that helps Tatum a lot. Uh, the first, as I said, the first uh, and Hall show after Tokyo Dome is the first Korokan Hall show in Stardom history that they opened the balconies. Uh, they were not able to sell tickets up on balconies up, up until that point. Mm. It, it was really, really very successful show. And uh, its, match, its match composition is also telling. It kind of ties to, uh, to what we are going to talk about, uh, about Docker History Crossover as well. Are you excited for this crossover show? Like from a as a as a from a stardom fan perspective, obviously we're going to get new eyeballs on the product. We're going to have people who probably have never seen stardom or I don't want to say haven't heard about it, but you know, it might be something new. But from a stardom perspective, um, um are you excited? I'm I'm relatively excited. I'm excited to see the novelty of the mixed tags. Um, because I think that uh, the combinations are funny. They <laughs> uh, will get to that because I'll explain the matches and why I found them interesting. And I think they are well put, to the, well put together because they make sense if you look at them. They, for example, I, I know both sides uh, New Japan side and Stardom side, and I when I saw the matches, I, I was I fa- face bumped and said, mm-hmm. "Okay, this this all makes sense." And what I find uh, important for the company, not for my fandom, my personal fandom or something like that, important for the company is that the Stardom match, the IWGP women's match, is main event thing over there was previous Shota Omino and Great Muto match, so. Great Muta match, so that's that's kind of big, I think. Yeah. Uh, compar- especially when I, as I explained, they just three years ago. It is three years ago when they were. <laughs> uh, the announcement of the sale was on seventeenth of November, twenty nineteen. So we are basically really when the show is going to be happening. It will be third anniversary of that announcement, uh, and looking. At these three years full of turmoil and uh, weird things happening, not just not just the pandemic or the whole wrestling world and wrestling in Japan, particular and Stardom uh, had their struggles as well. Uh, that's just uh, that's very lightly put, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, uh, comparing that to what. Uh, Comparing that to this upcoming show, that's it's really big. Is there a sense of validation to a certain degree? Um, mm, not for me. Not not for me. Not really. But not, for, for 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 stardom fans in general. I'm I'm not sure. I have, I'm not sure. I'm. I think there's maybe a dread as well because when they announced the title, uh, the first assumption. The IWGP women's title's first assumption, of course, was that uh, New Japan will eat Stardom. It will merge to be a one giant company. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the assumption then is that the Stardom wrestlers will take a second uh, fiddle. And because we we are in in-ring renaissance uh, for, the, for the women's wrestling, at least in Stardom, and some other places as well, uh, and in the business renaissance of women's wrestling in Japan, uh, 
mostly thanks to thanks to Stardom and Tokyo Joshi Pro. Uh, I think that it will be people were not sure how it's going to be, but so far it's it's it, it went well, and I think the fears were uh, were not rooted in reality. Yeah, so it sounds like when this card was announced and we saw what the main event was, a lot of Stardom fans are breathing a big sigh of relief seeing that the main event will be the IWGP yeah. Women's Championship. Yeah, uh, Is there any other context that you think we need to know uh, before we actually get into talking about the card itself? Uh, maybe titles? Maybe units? I think that's everything that, that's important. I, I don't think that you need to know anything more. Uh, Stardom is very easy to follow for a New Japan fan uh, because they are unit-based company, same as New Japan. There, are, there is no crossover between units. If you are in a unit, you train with the unit, you take pictures with the unit, you never take pictures or post on social media with members of other unit, same as New Japan. And such things. So maybe just explaining the units and the titles and because they it kind of all ties towards the card of this match of the uh, of this show so maybe that if you want to yeah the floor is yours my man okay so units uh the unit system was uh was in the company almost from the start because the oldest unit is oedotai oedotai are it means in English uh, Edo Core, and Edo is the old name for Tokyo. So Tokyo Army or Tokyo Core. And they are heels and always have been heels and always will be heels. And they were landing spot for all the foreigner heels that came on tours to the company. Uh, the second, they currently do hell, uh, hold the trios title, three of the uh, number. Uh, have been holding the trios title for some time, and they will be uh, in the in one of the matches. Uh, the holders of the trio uh, of the trios title will be in one of the matches on history crossover. Next unit, the second oldest unit is Queen's Quest. Queen's Quest is basically were founded as a vehicle for Next Ace uh, by Yoshirai, uh, and what the person I consider ace of the promotion is also on the card uh, for history crossover and is leader of the Queen's Quest, uh, current leader of the Queen's Quest. Uh, next unit is uh, Donna Del Mondo. Donna Del Mondo is Italian uh, to go back to Queen's Quest. Queen's Quest were tweeners leaning heel at the start. Uh, basically, chaos. I think chaos is the best comparison. Then mm-hmm. uh, Oedotai are maybe Suzuki Goon, but more Bullet Club right now. Uh, Queen's Quest is chaos. Uh, next unit is not another Mondo, but Stars. Stars are the home army of the promotion, the baby faces of the most baby face, baby faces of all baby, baby faces to ever baby face. The leader of the, the leader and the founder of the unit is Mayu Iwatani, uh, one half of the IWGP women's title finals and the longest, uh, 
tenured member of the of the roster because she was on the first show of the promotion in 2011. She was in second match. I think it was the second match of the show of the first show of the promotion. So she's basically your Hiroshi Tanahashi. If you can, if you I've want heard, to go, this is um, we saw her wrestle at Madison Square Garden against yeah. Jenny Klein, correct? Yes, that's her. That's her. Uh, she has been with the promotion from the start. She never left. She's the icon. She is the leader of the baby faces. Next unit is Donna Del Mondo. That's Italian for women of the world. And the leader and the founder is Julia. Uh, Julia is half Italian. And she brought in, 2000, in early 2020 in last, in, with the last cheering crowds, she brought in her unit from the outside. Uh, they are tweeners, mostly faces most maybe sometimes heel depending on the match composition uh but they are the as uh, queen's quest is uh cool kids who are homegrown from the dojo uh, donald almondo are the cool kids who are from the outside uh so they clash often because they are very similar but one is homegrown and the other is our outsiders. Uh, next unit is uh, Cosmic Angels. Cosmic Angels are the idols. They sing, they dance, they are twirly, have a lot of skirts and lace. Uh, they are mostly uh, from the outside and they are mostly women who, as the previous examples, are women who started in the dojo early maybe even in their high high school and they never had another job they started their first job was wrestling cosmic angels are i don't want i don't want to use the word failed but that basically that's basically what it is they failed in other uh field of entertainment uh they were singers they are no longer singers they are wrestlers now they were models they are no longer models, they are wrestlers now. So they come to wrestling after some other entertainment field uh, did not work for them. And they are like, wrestlers. I'm, I'm thinking like it would be a, like a plumber. Be like, ah, oh, you know, I'm really sick and tired of plumbing. I'm going to get, you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, in this, but in this case, they are uh, very marketable. Okay. okay. That's, that's like their thing. They are marketable because they have been in the other entertainment fields before mm. so they know what to do uh, on the other hand the uh, women who have been wrestling for their entire adult lives they never knew anything else but wrestling some there's uh, uh, a little difference between them and the others they are faces um, mostly and the last unit Second to last one is, is God's Eye. Uh, God's Eye was created in March this year when Shuri, current world, of, uh, current world belt champion, current world champion, split from Donna Del Mondo and created her own unit because she is a world champion. She cannot play second fiddle to anyone else. Uh, her unit are lovable gym bullies. That's how I... What's a gym bully? Like no, the strong people who go to gym all the oh, time and oh, okay. bully okay. the nerds. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Okay, yeah. okay. 
It jokes. Yes. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not really, but they are goofy enough. Or the characterization of them is not really clear right now. Exactly. And the last unit that's not really uh, important for us is the Neo Starum Army, which is old people who were in uh, Starum before coming back to bring back old Starum for some reason, even though the success of the company is... It does not make sense, and the unit has been um, not liked by most Starum fans because it makes no sense uh, who started it and why they came back okay. with this idea. And that's all for units. Titles. Uh, World title, Shuri. She's on in one of these matches. Uh, White Belt, which is called Wonder of Stardom title, uh, is uh, Sayaka Mitani. She is not on this card. She is wrestling in, uh, in a semi-main event a day before in Osaka in Edion Arena 1 against Kairi. So it's possible it's that Kairi... It does say here she's in a six-woman tag match. Kamatani. Yeah, okay. She's Unless in the six... out of date. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I know Please that... Continue. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry, I've derailed you there. But yeah, I think yeah, uh, yeah. It's, I've got here Saya Kamatani, Lady C, and Azumi. Yeah, I think okay. That's how it's pronounced against Himeka Thekla. Thekla? <laughs> Maya yeah. Sakurai. I've yeah, that makes sense. Oh, sorry. I, I, I did not check the updated card. I'm sorry. I apologize. I was not ready. I was not prepared. <laughs> and so she's wrestling. Uh, uh, my gimmick there. Yeah. <laughs> Still my gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she's wrestling day before against Kyrie, and it's 50 50 that uh, maybe less than 50 50 uh, anticipation that she's going to lose the title. So she's, she, Kyrie will be a tie. Uh, it's possible that Kyrie is going to be a champion going into her main event at the historic crossover. And then there is a uh, uh, there is a SWA. Uh, singles championship that's currently vacant. Mayu Iwatani, who is the second uh, half of the main event, uh, vacated the title uh, on just recently uh, because she wanted to focus fully on the IWGP women's title. Then there's a, a high speed, high speed title belt, which from which is same or rather similar to junior heavyweight uh, title in, in New Japan. It's for younger wrestlers, smaller wrestlers, who, as the name entail, run very fast in the ring. Uh, it changes with different title holders. Currently, it's on Azumi, uh, who is a 10-year veteran, and she's only 20 or something like that. A she started year veteran and she's 20? She started when she was 11. Training. She started training when wow. she was 11. Okay. Yeah, I've... Yeah, it's it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Like, I mean, I mean, in any sport, anybody who's, you know, an elite athlete at this point, you know, started when they were young. But, yeah, I mean, to have 10 years experience when you're 20, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, and she is... I think if you watched her, she is really, really good for her age. But that's because she never done anything else but wrestling. Mm -hmm. Not 
in her whole adult life because she is not really an adult yet. Uh, I think she's not legal adult. Maybe she's she already is. I don't know in Japan. I'm I'm not sure. To be honest, I don't keep up if she's twenty or twenty one or something like that. Mm. Uh, then there are uh, trios title are currently held by Oedotai, uh, and title holders are Starlight Kid, uh, Momo Watanabe, and Saki Kashima. Uh, Starlight Kid and Momo Watanabe are in the in one of the uh, matches, and Saki Kashima it will probably be in the Battle Royal. And uh, then there's the tag, tag belts, which is currently held by tag team called Meltier. That is Tam Nakano and Natsupoi. And the last, uh, they are Cosmic Angels, the Tverly, Idolay ones. Uh, and the last title is uh, Future of uh, Stardom title that has a gimmick uh, that only someone, uh, someone younger than 20 or someone with less than three years a wrestling career can hold it when they reach that day and are uh, and hold the title they have to vacate it immediately okay so when, for youngsters to when so so this new IWGP women's world title mm-hmm. where does that fit into, into into the hierarchy of stardom uh the way kidani explained it is that it will be defended on new japan shows Okay. And Just New Japan shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It will be defended uh, in in the West and four times on big New Japan shows. So basically, big four: Wrestle Kingdom, Sakura Genesis, Dominion, uh, G1 Finals, possibly, and King of Pro Wrestling. Okay. And de- it will be maybe defended once in Stardom. Uh, I expect it will be defended in March because they probably will have a big show in March. And uh, so the title will not exactly be a Stardom title. It will be New Japan title. Right. So it will have, to, in Stardom hierarchy, it will have to slide beneath the both big singles title, uh, World and Wonder of Stardom title. I think that's good. I think that's good. You want to keep your... Yep. Your titles, yes, yes. I think I, that good. All right, I like that. So the the way that the crossover show is constructed, um, and with the history that you gave us of current stardom, are you happy with the participants that are in this crossover? Because again, not everyone's being represented. Um, do you think it's a good mix of of stardom, like who represents stardom, uh, or do you wish that other um, participants from stardom other wrestlers from stardom were involved in this show i think it's one of the best cards you can book with the uh with the basic idea of it being the mixed matches okay nice why is that um okay so first it has the main event of kairi versus my Iwatani, which is uh basically the match, if you want to book a match for a Western audience, this is the match you book. Kyrie was in WWE, has much bigger following than anyone in Stardom currently. Uh, she was touted when 
during the Freedom or Free Daughters of Stardom era as one of the best wrestlers in the world uh, before she signed with WWE. She done everything she could have before she signed with WWE, so there was nothing else for her to uh, to do. When they last faced each other, Mayu Iwatani beats Kairi Hojo for the Wonder of Stardom Championship, for the White Belt. If Kairi wins her, ma- her singles match day before history crossover, she will be coming into the ring with that same title around her belt, around her waist. It's a mm-hmm. great match, five years in the making. It's a full circle match. It's, wow. it's really good booking for this for this main event. So basically you have the best main event you can possibly book. You cannot book anything better. You have to have Mayu Iwatani there because she is the only one from the first class of stardom. She is Hiroshi Tanahashi, if we can compare her to Hiroshi Tanahashi. But maybe she is even more important for stardom because she was there on the first show. Nobody else is. There are some people who are still wrestling, who have who are on uh, who are around wrestling uh, from that first class, but she is the only one who stayed in the company. Uh, Kyrie joined later, and then she was pushed ahead of Mayu because Mayu was not really good pro wrestler when she started. She is a great pro wrestler now, but she was really bad when she started. Mayu uh, Kyrie was much better in emoting and doing the other things in wrestling than Mayu was. Uh, and she was pushed ahead of her. And basically, Mayu had to beat her and overcome her. And now she's coming back as the world traveler, as the one who conquered the world. And she will probably have the same belt Mayu beat her for in her waist in the main event. And the other matches are really good because uh, there is enough representation and the combinations make sense for the participants uh, who are in the match. The only match that would, I think would be better if it was changed is the Hiroshi Tanahashi and Utamihara Shishita versus uh, Maika and Goto, just because I think Okada with Utamihara Shishita would be better. But Okada has great muta, so it can't be helped. Mm. I'm, I, I tell you what, you got me pumped up for that title match. You're telling me that the, that, that this is the best they have um, with a storyline that's five years in the making. Yes. Like that's, I mean, if that doesn't get you, you, you pumped up for this, I don't know what would. Um, are, are, are you happy that it's on this show particularly and not one of their, uh, one of Stardom's bigger shows? Yes. Okay. Uh, because Kyrie is a part-timer in Stardom. She uh, came back in March this year, had two matches in Sumo Hall. Then she had another match later. And then she was supposed to have a match in August in the middle of Five Star, which is uh, Stardom's G1 against Sayaka Mitani, uh, the current Wonder of Stardom champion. Uh, but Kyrie got COVID, so the title match was cancelled, and Sayaka Mitani faced someone else. Sayaka Mitani beat them, 
and uh, then she held on to her title until now. Uh, she is up into defenses. The story for the previous uh, uh, Wonder of Storm Championship was that uh, uh, Kyrie had eight defenses, and Sakamitani was. If she beat Kyrie, she would have eight defenses. I think that that that's how it was. I'm I'm not sure if it was to have more defenses than Kyrie or if to have the same amount of defenses as Kyrie was that match. But they rescheduled it to uh, uh, in Osaka uh, to the show that's called Gold Rush. There some other stuff that's going uh, disappearing there. Uh, but this is for me one of the main reasons why to watch that show. Uh, because it's it's uh, if and there's a big chance that Kyrie wins and as I said she will be uh, coming to the ring with the same title Mayuvatani has beat her last time they faced in a title match uh, together. I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm Joe. I'm into it. I'm into that. This is good. That's going to be good. I, I, so before yeah. we jump into the card, I, I just have one more question. If if um, this is not free on New Japan World, nor is it free on Stardom Streaming. It's there, it, it is pay per view, correct? Yes. yes on Are sp- you disappointed with that? No. Okay. Uh, the big thing for Stardom is that I really, it's hard to uh, recommend following the promotion right now, because if you want to be fully legal about it. It's very expensive. Or you have to wait for the shows to come on their streaming service because you pay $10, not even $10, it's like $7 right now with how Yen is weak. Uh, You pay for the Stardom World. The service is run basically by a single person. And this person has to do translations, has to edit matches, has to upload matches and everything else. And it's obviously too much for him to do and uh, so the matches are uploaded late if they are on a long tour outside of Tokyo and they do not have enough time it's it during the five star the G1 there was one stretch of time when we where we had to wait a week to watch the matches mm. which is why I would not recommend the promotion to follow the promotion uh, as a completionist fully. They have pay-per-views basically every three weeks. They had a pay-per-view of, on 3rd of November. They are going to have a pay-per-view day before historic crossover. And the historic crossover is a pay-per-view. So if you if you if you want to follow the promotion live and legally you'd have to pay over $100 just this month, which is insane. Yeah, so that, that is insane. That makes it very difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I've been subbed to Stardom World for its whole existence. I've bought some pay-per-views, but not all of them. Uh, because I do not... I, I don't think it's fair for, for them to want that much money from us when they are not able to do uh, other things for us, like English commentary or faster uploads and other stuff and, and other things that I'd 
want to from modern promotion that is the second largest promotion in japan right now uh the the support the technical support not just western support but the technical side of the things is really lacking for them mm. all right chris charlton time to time to branch out <laughs> they need help come on uh all right so let's get into the car joel what do you say yeah, that sounds good. I think it would make sense to actually go in reverse order here because you've already given us quite a bit of information about the main event, which is, uh, to give it its full title, main event presented by LEC Mizuno Gekiochi-kun, no time limit, IWGP Women's Championship, Mayu Iwatami versus Kairi. So, uh, questions here. Alex says, uh, Valk, who should be the first IWGP Women's Champion from Bushiro's perspective? Do they go with Hollywood Kairi or Crow Mayu? And who would you personally like to see win? Uh, I want to. I want Mayu Iwatani to win the title. If 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 Kyrie is Wonder Stardom champion, I want Mayu Iwatani to hold this title. I think it's she is as I said. She's the only one from the first class of the wrestlers who started in Stardom in 2011. She is the only one that stayed, and I think that this is how you. Uh, this is her reward for her decade-long service to the promotion. This is what you give her and send her out out to the world. Let her travel to US. Let her travel to UK. Uh, support her and let her enjoy the fans all over the world that have been following her for 10 years. And I think she deserves it. it I often do not like her deserve a title, but I think she specifically does as the title because we do not know how long we have her she has been talking about wanting to retire before she when she's 30 she is 30 now so maybe she retires next year maybe she retires in five years nobody knows probably she does not know either uh, but uh, you're going to see her with the way she bumps i think she can retire tomorrow and nobody would bat an eye about that so if if anyone is going to win the title, it should be her. And then my next question would be from uh, JXQXN, who says, who are you expecting to challenge for the IWGP Women's title at Wrestle Kingdom? So whoever wins this main event and wins the title will then next time will be defending it at Wrestle Kingdom. So who do you think would be an appropriate challenger for that? Okay, Sasha Banks. <laughs> What? Now I've heard this. Are you serious, or is this just? Uh, no, nah, that's that's just uh, my uh, uh, pipe dream, probably. But but if Mercedes Varnado, or whatever her name is, is serious about wrestling, do you think there's any better place to debut outside of WWE than Tokyo Dome on January the fourth? for the IWGP women's title in its first defense. I got to admit, he's right. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I don't think I, I, yeah. Okay, I'm in. And she said, she had a self said, she cannot be booked for anything wrestling until January. Mm. How about that? Come on, Joel, you in? Yeah, definitely. I mean, then would that affect your prediction for the outcome of this main event? Yes. Like, would it then make more sense? 
Okay. Yes, of course. If if yes and no, because Kyrie and Sasha. Mercedes have worked together before, so it would make sense for Kyrie to be the uh, inner girl winner of the championship. But because Mayu have vacated the SWA title, which, by the way, has a gimmick stipulation of it can be challenged only if it can be challenged for only by uh, people of different country of origins. So uh, no Japanese person can can challenge other Japanese person. It was basically a title for, uh, I've, uh, you talked about that, uh, Joel, uh, last podcast, uh, that, uh, that's the title that, uh, my Vatani held, uh, uh, and it was held by Tony Storm, Viper, B Priestley, Jamie Hayter. Uh, it was title for the foreigners, uh, because they have be, because they would be able to hold hold the title in Japan and were challenged by mid carters, uh, Japanese mid carters from Stardom, or a main eventer in Japan hold this title and be challenged by random assortment of foreign wrestlers who come to Stardom on tours because that's the gimmick of the title. Uh, uh, Mayu vacated it, and uh, so why would she vacate the title? unless she's going to win the other title, the more important title. Hmm. But if Sasha Mercedes is available, it makes more sense for Kyrie to be the first champion. So I, I, I basically well, have no idea who's going to win this, this match. What do you think the likelihood is of that? Is I know it's a want, I know it's a dream match and a dream <laughs> scenario, but do you, I mean, on a scale of one to 10, what, what's the possibility of that actually occurring? Two. Two. Okay. All right. <laughs> He's honest. All right. All right. I yeah. I don't think it's very. Uh, it's the best match. As much as I slagged Stardom and New Japan about, for example, their first match, the uh, the Eva White versus Alpha Female Jessica Bart in in London, sucked. Yeah. Was awful, and basically one of the worst booking calls I've seen in two years or something like that. Uh, so you've lost a lot of good faith uh, with that goodwill, a lot of goodwill uh, with the booking. If you want to book a real match, a big match, you there's nobody bigger than Mercedes, than Sasha. Right. And it would have, she probably has a Tokyo Dome on her back at least. Do you think still? Uh, she never wrestled there. No, but I mean, I, I just it's so far away from, um, you know, she spent so much time away from the ring. At this point, I don't know if, if like, I mean, I don't know. I have no idea. Trust me. But I mean, look, I mean, if they can pull it off, yes, that's that's if they can pull it off, it's the best match you can book. Right. Okay. All right. I like it. I love it, Joel. And then that will be all her wonderful fans will come and follow us on the podcast. Oh, <laughs> we uh, can deal you... with them in our Twitter mentions. <laughs> please, please. Heart emoji, squiggle, squiggle. Yes. <laughs> all right. Use no. her name in the name of the podcast, in the description of the podcast. No, do not. <laughs> not. We will not be doing Dave, that. We'll get like 10 times the number of views. No, no, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Super J-Cos, Sasha Banks special. Yeah. <laughs> 
No. Okay. All right. Uh, let's go backwards then. So the eighth match is the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship match with Will Ospreay in his fourth defense against the challenger show to Umino. So, of course, they wrestled each other fairly recently at the Royal Quest 2 show. That was a non-title match, and it ended with Ospreay beating Shota Umino mercilessly with those elbows, and the match was called off, some say early, by the referee, uh, none other than Shota Umino's father, Red Shoes Uno. So we've got a little bit of a story playing into this one. So there are you know, two different directions this could go. We could have Shota Umino winning. I mean, what a way to re-debut as his uh, roughneck character than by winning this title, or maybe you know, we go into a big Wrestle Kingdom match, I don't know, something like Shota Umino against Naito, you know, defending the US title against Naito. Or we could have the same thing happening, basically, where Osprey again, beats Shota Umino to a, within an inch of his life and maybe some more drama with red shoes, and then possibly leading to a match between Osprey and John Moxley at Wrestle Kingdom, as some people have speculated. That could be for the US title. So what do you think, David? Which direction do you think we're going in? I think the latter. Yeah, I think uh, that would make the most sense. It gives multiple people multiple things to do uh, for Wrestle Kingdom that are a little bit up in the air right now. Um, yeah, so that make that make that does make the most sense, and it makes for a good story. It makes for a great story, actually. Um, and you know, there's that continuation with Mox involved, and, and you know he's going to be on the Dome show. So, yeah, I think that's probably a, a, the the most logical and truth be told, probably the way they they would go. Do you think that hurts Shota at all, like making him look like? Uh... You know, a punk? Moxley's baby brother and yeah. Uh I mean it kinda does. I mean I'm I can't lie. That kinda does. I told you last week that I had no problem with him just shotgunning it right through and, and winning that title. And then I'll tell you what, if 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 he does win the title, if he does win that title, I, I it does open Osprey up to a a, a million different options. Like in my mind, I see like if that happens, then Osprey can lose to anyone at the dome. Um, so I think that's what you just got to be mindful of. Like, okay, so if they, you know, if if Osprey wins and he's still the champion, I think it's a guarantee that you see Mox. I think if he loses, I think it kind of opens the door for a lot of different ways we can go, because um, he's not handcuffed and and with with defending the title and not having the job and all that shit. So, but I think it's the second option. And you, Velk, any hot takes on the US title match? I hope that Rachel helps Shota to win and it finishes or continues the story of Velospray having problems with referees. And it also does the thing with Shota being able to probably dirtily defeat someone big and it uh, will go with his story with the other returning, redebuting people like Ren or Tsuji. Yeah, I do like the the idea, again, that's been talked before about uh, Shota Umino just getting given all these big spots and preferential treatment from the referees and the company and just get the rocket strapped in whilst you know, other returnees have to fight and claw their way to the top. So, yeah, that could be an interesting direction as well. Uh, okay, then before that, we have Great Muta's final New Japan Pro Wrestling match. So, it'll be Great Muta, Kazuchika Okada, and Toriyano against Great Okan, Jeff Cobb, and Aaron Hinari. So, 
slight disappointment for me in as much as I would have loved to have seen a great Muta versus great Okan singles match. So, of course, this is great Muta's final New Japan match. It doesn't mean it's Keiji Muto's final New Japan match. So I dare say we will be seeing Keiji Muto wrestling on a New Japan show in the future, possibly Wrestle Kingdom, who knows. But uh, your thoughts on this, Damon? I mean, it feels like this is just going to be a feel-good moment for the good guys beating the United Empire team. Yeah, I think the way that the United Empire team is laid out, I think we all know who's going to uh, look at the lights, and that's fine. Yeah, this is a feel-good match, which I think will still be good. I really do. I think it will be good. Um but yeah, this is. I think this is. They're, they're not going to have the great mood of job to Aaron Hanare. I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. Um, but I think the match will be fun and good, and it'll check all the nostalgia buttons. And I'll tell you what will be awesome. The, the fucking entrances are going to be awesome. <laughs> like, like I think that's going to be something to look forward to as well. So, yeah, short, sweet, feel good moment. Uh, Velky, your thoughts going into this one? Uh, I think it. I think the only thing I want from this match is Great Okan spitting mist into Great Muta's face, and that's all I want from it. Yeah, because uh, Muta has misted Okan twice, yes. if I'm not mistaken. So I think it's it's about time Okan gets some revenge. So. Yeah, maybe that's what we get. Maybe we'll have Okan pinning. <laughs> yeah. As if. Oh, dear. Okay, so sixth match there, we've got a 10-man tag match with LIJ, Bushi, Hiromu, Sanada, Shingo, and Naito against the United Empire team. Gideon Gray, Francesco Akira, Carl Fletcher, Mark Davis, and TJP. I mean, I suppose this is setting the table for tag league feuds. I mean, we don't have Titan in this match, so that doesn't really align with the uh, catch 2-2 feud, but uh, we do have Sanada and Naito on the opposite side to Aussie Open, which could be could be our Tag League final. Mm. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, but uh, yeah, I would expect either Sanada or Naito to get the pinfall in this one and give them some heat and hype going into World Tag League. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's... I think the match will be fine. I think, like, here's the thing. They've done so many of these multi-man tags that they have it down like clockwork. It's, 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 they, uh, you know, they they have all the spots. It's, you know, they, they're experts at this point. Um, But yeah, I think this is all just leading up to World Tag League. And I think the, the, the participants in this match will all play a part in their respective finals. And Velky, what do you think about this one? Uh, I've really liked the Aussie Open in uh, what I've seen from them in the one match. It, it's they mean just in one match. Did I didn't miss anything else in in Japan? It, just the Osaka. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, that was their yeah, New yeah. Japan that was that, that was the review, yeah, and they did not have anything else televised, didn't they? Not on. I mean, they they've had like Rev Pro stuff. No, no, no. But in Japan, in no, Japan. no, that's it. Yeah. yeah, I I liked their uh, debut match because it was done to highlight them, and it was done really well. And I am I'm kind of looking forward to this match. I'm I'm really iffy on Hiromu Takahashi 
Uh, I'm not one of his fans, uh, but I think it's going to be interesting to see him wrestling uh, someone new uh, that he has not wrestled a million times over. All right, so the match prior to this, we have Utami Hayashishta and Hiroshi Tanahashi against Maika and Hiroki Goto. So, uh, Velki, please help us with this one. Okay, so uh, Utami Hayashishita is, from my perspective, a current star of Ace and was always slated to be one. She debuted uh, just before uh, uh, one of the five stars, just before Darji uh, won. Uh, her first match was time limit draw with Jungle Kiona. Uh, I think it was 15 or 20 minutes time limit draw. It does not matter, but it was a time limit draw with, uh, with upper mid character. Her 11th match was finals of the five star against Mai Iwatani. Her 11th match, and it was a great match. She is a wrestling prodigy. She is Okada. There's no way to spin her. If you Google her right now, she looks like Okada. And Maika is Goto. She even did the waterfall. <laughs> yes. Uh, her story is much more interesting. Uh, she was a judoka, same as Utami Shishita. And for some reason, I'm not sure if they faced each other in some tournament when they were both judokas but uh, Maika have been following has been following Utami around and she learned Utami went uh, started pro wrestling so she decided oh this rival of mine started pro wrestling I need to start pro wrestling as well and she started to train pro wrestling in Taka uh, Taka's dojo and she called out uh, she was calling out to Tamiha Shishita even before her debut. Her debut match was supposed to be against her. So they are rivals. They've been rivals for years now. And Utami always beats Maika in all the big matches, but loses to her sometime. She lost to her for the first time, I think, in the singles match. Uh, last year, which is three years counting, they were facing each other for three years, and Micah beat her for the first time in three years in tournament. But she will never; be, she has not beaten her in in title match because Utamiya Shishta held the red belt, the world of Stardom title, last year for more than a year. She won it in uh, in October and lost it in December of. Uh, of last year at the sumo hall so she has faced Maika multiple times and always and beaten her multiple times she Maika is goto and as i said she even did the waterfall thing prediction right so basically the, the pair of them are going to get beaten like a drum in this match. Yeah. yes <laughs> uh prediction is hiroshi uh, is probably hiroshi tanahashi spinning hiroki goto <laughs> what, what else uh, is going to happen in this match? <laughs> all right, all right, <laughs> all right. Then, so uh, prior to this, we have Natsupoi, Tam Nakano, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and Taichi against Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, El Desperado, and Doki. So this one, of course, is interesting from our New Japan perspective, in as much as it's Suzuki Gun versus Suzuki Gun. 
Um, we have a few questions about this. Uh, Andrew says, uh, please ask uh, Velke how jealous he was of Taichi and Kanemaru when Tam Nakano prepared a lunchbox for them. And SHT named Roderick says, for Velk, what will you do if and when Tam pins Momo? So it sounds like there's quite a lot going into this one. I hate them all. Uh, anyway, that's uh, that's that's an e-joke. And uh, so uh, this match came together because when uh, Bushiro was trying to do some cooperation between Stardom and New Japan wrestlers, uh, Tam Nakano was tied with Taichi for one reason or the other. Taichi is often used for idols, uh, idol interaction from New Japan. Uh, he has been on multiple uh, idol shows and so on. So it m- made all the sense in the world to uh, make these two interact with each other. And Starlight Kid is the only masked wrestler on Stardom roster. So interactions with uh, El Desperado may also makes all the sense in the world. Uh, Starlight Kid is a heel who turned heel last year. She was most babyface of all babyfaces, uh, but she turned heel last year uh, in really good match and a good storyline uh, a few months before last year's G- uh, five-star. Uh, Momo Atanabe turned last year in December uh, during uh, unit during unit leave and versus mask match against Starlight Kid. She turned on her unit and joined Starlight Kid. Uh, they've been wrestling. They are all 23, 21 years old and been wrestling together for six, seven years. Uh, they are heels. Momo Tanabe uses a bat, so she will be coming with foreign object uh, to the ring, same as Doki. Starlight Kid is a master wrestler and the eldest pirate is master wrestler. And they seemingly hit it off with each other and they started cooperating because uh, Eldest Parado has started to come to shows. Uh, he's hanging out backstage and doing stuff with them. So it makes sense for them to face each other and uh, the alignments are correct uh, in this. So, And by the way, uh, all members of this match are saying that they are going to ignore the mixed tag rule about women versus women and men versus men, and they will attack the other genders and they will discount the rule because that it does not make any sense. Uh, El Desperado on recent stream was saying, or on the press conference said that in Mexico, uh, everyone uh, fights everyone. It does not make any sense to have such rule in this match. So it's going to be interesting to see if, <clears throat> if the rule will be strictly enforced or not. I'm voting for no. I don't want it to be strictly enforced. Yeah, I, want I them to... don't, don't like it either. All right, then. Uh, we have a tag match with Suri and Tom Lawler against Julia and Zack Sabre Jr. Okay, this is uh, probably the second most important match involving uh, Stardom wrestlers because Shuri is the current uh, World of Stardom champion. She has a title match against Utami Hayashishida day before. So that's kind of big because that's what that was the match last year that uh, Dave Meltzer rated really highly. And it was the match that it was the first 
uh, Utami Hashishita versus Shuri was the first match Tom Lawler, first match of stardom that Tom Lawler watched 18 months ago and said that he that it it's one of his matches of the year and he from that moment he he became one of the biggest stardom's proponent on wrestling observer in wrestling observer orbit and uh, he uh, he was always talking about the promotion and wrestlers uh, Shuri same with Tom Lawler is ex UFC fighter she left wrestling in 2017 and came back in 2019 because she even though she was good in Japan she did not stack up to best in the world in UFC uh, which is kind of similar to what Tom Lawler did Mm. And so they fit together really well. She is a current World of Stardom champion. She has the her biggest rival challenging her day before in Osaka. But I think that is that result is almost in no doubt because Julia has won the five star Grand Prix, and this year she was not forced to defend the briefcase because same as Okada this year she has guaranteed main event slot in on the big show in Sumo Hall on 29th of December. So this match, Shuri versus Julia, is preview for New Japan fans to sell tickets for the big show in December because that's the main event of that big nice. show, Shuri versus Julia. So basically nobody is giving Utami any chance because Utami is in match against uh, against her carry a rival against a generation rival with Hiroshi Tanahashi as two aces, but she is she will not be part of uh, world champion coming into this into her match. Shuri will be and she will be facing against a challenger in Julia, who the connection between Zack Saber and Julia is kinda tenuous because Julia was born in London. So she is half Japanese, half Italian, who was born in London. And for some reason, she likes to grapple. Most of Stardom fans or Joshi fans that I talk to hate when she tries to grapple. And there are memes about her and Hideki Suzuki because Hideki Suzuki is her teacher. Okay. So, <laughs> and you know what, uh, what Hideki Suzuki's reputation is. So... These are two uh, grapplers against two ex-UFC fighters. This tag match is interesting. And as I said, it's probably the world champion versus uh, her challenger for the biggest show of the year. Nice. Facing each other. I'm into that, Joel. I'm into that. All right. All right. We have a six-woman tag match. We have Saya Kamatani, Lady C, and Azumi against Himeka Thekla. (laughs) I feel like I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. And Mai Sakurai. Uh, so Himeka, Tekla, and Mai Sakurai are members of the Donato Del Mondo. They are uh, faction mates of Julia and Maika. And Sayaka Mitani, Lady C, and Azumi are uh, uh, faction mates of, uh, of Utami Hayashishita. Uh, so this is basically just a random six-woman tag. If Sayaka Mitani is still champion, she will be coming into the ring with uh, with uh, White Belt and Azumi 100% will be coming in 
the rank with high speed title or waist. She is not losing her title against non-signed wrestler who's challenging her a day before. Lady C is very tall. That's all that's to be said about her. She is going to take a fall in this match. Okay. All right. And our first match is Leo Rush, Yo Yoshihashi and Tomihiro Ishii against Evil, Yujiro Takahashi, Dick Togo and Sho. It does feel like the direction we're heading towards here is some combination of those chaos guys challenging House of Torture for the six-man tag belts. I mean, if I had to guess, maybe like Leo Rush, Yo, and Ishii against Evil Yujiro and Show, something like that. But uh, I feel that Leo and Yo are going to be intertwined a lot with Dick Togo and Show during the Junior Tag League. And of course, uh, there'll be Bishamon resuming their history with Evil and Yujiro. So it feels like that's the direction there. I think a six-man title shot coming at the end of this, possibly even at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Wrestle Kingdom. Well, they do like to defend those never titles um, pre-Wrestle Kingdom, uh, using it as like a secondary title up top. So I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, one of those Christmas, yeah, Christmas Coracle shows. Yeah, which are always pretty good. I mean, I if, you know if you go back, a lot of those matches were really good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like to see Leo Rush back. I think that's good. I think it's going to be fun. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a fine match, <laughs> I guess. I guess. <laughs> Pants down. Mm. All right. Uh, and then we have a couple of dark matches here. I don't know what to make of this one because this one just says entry to be determined by entrance music, blank versus blank. That's, uh, Velk, is that anything you can make nah, sense of? That's Stardom Rambo. That's Rumble. That's okay. All right. That's, so that's Rumble, uh, but it's. Badly written on the on the site. It's it's announced to be Stardom Rumble, and that's why it's determined by entrance music. Basically, uh, rest of the roster that does not have any matches on this card will be in this match, and probably some legends, probably Mashimoda, because she's been in these Rumbles for Stardom before, and maybe someone else. All right, and the kickoff match will be a eight-man tag match with Gabriel Kidd, Alex Coglin, Clark Connors, and Kevin Knight against Young Lions team Yuto Nakashima, Ryohei Oiwa, Kosei Fujita, and I believe this will be the debut of Oscar Loiber, who very, very tall young man. He was trained in the Fale Dojo. He was in the Nogue Dojo briefly uh, early in 2020, but then during the pandemic got stuck in Germany, and while he was there, he worked WXW until he got back to the Nogue Dojo in May this year. So this is Nogue Dojo Young Lions against LA Dojo guys. So uh, I think this should probably be a lot of fun. I mean, I'm assuming the LA Dojo guys are going to win because they, all of them, bar Kevin Knight, have graduated. And yeah, they're against a team of Young Lions. But I think it'll be a, a fun match anyway. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I like I liked Gabe Kidd. Like I said, I'm, I'm excited for him. Looking forward to seeing him again. Uh, and this is where this is where the trouble started. So I just hope he gets through this this little rough patch, because uh, it'll be a big deal, I think. And, I, and like I said, to have him back in the ring in a new Japan ring in Japan, I think is important. So good for him. All right. So that is historic crossover taking place this uh, Sunday, November twentieth 
in the Ariake arena. Uh, a couple more questions for you, Bill, before we let you go. Uh, Vishal says, do you think a faction spanning across both Stardom and New Japan would work? If so, who would you like to see in that faction? I don't think that they would work, and I do not want to see them. Uh, I think that the loose association between several members of the within the rosters is much better, and how it's done right now feels more organic. Because, as I said, uh, Taichi with Tam Nakano, El Desperado with Starlight Kid, if she comes back, Unagi Sayaka with Great Okan, it's much, uh, and my uh, Iwatani with Hiroshi Tanahashi, Utami Hayashishita with Okada, uh, Stars uh, Youngsters with Yuji Nagata, all these wrestlers interacting with each other freely feels much realistic than trying to put them into factions through both companies because it would hurt storytelling in each company if you'd have someone tied in some kind of story in the other company with someone it's it would be difficult and because the bookers of the companies are different uh, I think it would be a big mistake. And last question we've got here from Multiverse Ace. He says, who's the stardom equivalent of Okada, Ace, Tana, Legacy Ace, Naito, most popular, Osprey, arguably best bell-to-bell, and Jay, biggest heel? Okay, so Legacy Ace is my Iwatani. There is no question in my mind about anyone else. As I said, she is the only one, only member of the first class that's still wrestling for stardom. Uh, current ace for me it's Utami Hayashishita the way she's presented the way she is behaving as the uh, somewhat distant cold ace that has to be uh, overcame, overcome uh, she is not beating other people other people are just not able to beat her which is very similar to Okada Okada's reign Okada's long reign uh, she wears a lot of gold she wears a lot of uh, lot of red uh, her robe designer and her gear designer is the same as Okada's. She was the first one who brought brought this designer to Stardom. Now, a lot of uh, big big part of the uh, large number of the members of the roster has the same have the same designer as her. But she was the first. Uh, the most popular. That's difficult to say, but possibly Tam Nakano. I'm not sure. She is the singing idol one who I hate because. Wow. <laughs> I, I just don't like her. Okay. I, I don't like her. That's why there were those questions that I refused to answer. <laughs> yeah. People uh, are tweet, making. Uh, tweet, we'll, we'll give it your, your Twitter handle soon. Yeah. So, uh, you know, of course. you'll get all the hate mail going. Yeah, yeah I, I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, they, uh, by the way, uh, Maltier, the Tamrakano and Natsupoi today were uh, invited to sing at the stage on the Bushiro's 15th anniversary and they sang uh, in between other idols that Bushiroad employs. Uh, they have their own sing. They have their own song, their entrance song, which they mime when they enter and they do their little dancey choreography. I hate it so fucking much. Oh. I'm sorry for cursing. 
Oh yeah, here. Uh, no bad language allowed on the day. Yeah, yeah, of no. course not. <laughs> uh, no, but I think she is very popular. But uh, it's either her or it's Julia who is going to win the title at the Sumo Hall. Um, they are the uh, two sides of the same coin because they both joined Stardom. They both had had to uh, pivot from their planned programs in July 2020 after the tragedy of uh, May 2020 uh, when Hana Kimura passed and when Arisa Hoshiki had to retire out of uh, medical reasons uh, without any show because they were in the close uh, in the lockdown just day before the tragedy with Hana Kimura. So that week was hell for the roster and for anything they did from that point onward uh so they both started feuding with each other and their feud uh came to partial end in last year's budokan show the 10th year anniversary show where uh tamrakano won the wonder of stardom title and uh julia lost her hair because it was her versus her uh title match in the main event of the budokan uh and they are both very popular in i think from my viewpoint from how i view the the japanese fan base i think they are very popular uh between japanese fans and who is the biggest heel uh i'm i'm not sure maybe natsuko tora because she gets dq'd on purpose uh so people do not like her and her matches stink from time to time, she can be good, but uh, comparative to other members of the roster, uh, she uh, often is not as good as uh, the rest of the top end people because she's leader of the Odotai. She's basically a Jay White equivalent, but she's not really great with how she wrestles. And so a bit like Jay White, then, yeah. If Jay White uh was doing the evil uh evil routine with the TikTok go and Oosh, the imagine chair. that, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Just... yeah, basically evil is Natsukotora. Um, and the best wrestler that's hard to say because <sighs> uh, Dave Maltzel really loved the Shuri versus Utami Hashishita last year in. In July or June, and they he gave them five and a half stars, I think. So that's probably a sign of Velospray-ish thingy. Uh, Velospray would be probably compared to Sakamitani, but she is not as polished, not as flawless as him. She botches uh, her high flying moves. That's one of the things that. Uh, women wrestling in Japan has less of the high-flying because uh, they are shorter than men, so it's much harder for them to jump over the top rope from the ring to the outside, so there's much less flying unless they climb up to the uh, corners and jump out. So there's like the, the flying is limited. So there's nobody like that in stardom, but quality, I think Shuri probably is... For my money, she's one of the best wrestlers in the world. So, 
probably her. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Velk. Uh, really appreciate your time. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Any Twitter handles, socials that you want to give us out before you go? No, I, I've i been tagged in the, in the post about this podcast. So if you want to follow me, it's at W-E-L-K-E-J underscore. Maybe not underscore, whatever. You can find me. <laughs> we'll, we'll tweet it out. Yeah. We'll tweet it out. Uh, I'm, I do not have anything else to plug because I don't do anything else. I just talk on Twitter about wrestling. That's me. That's my life. Damn. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Yeah, in, in the muck with the rest of us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yourself at home. Okay, excellent. All right, uh, thank you so much. And let's just, 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 just scroll down. Where's all where's my stuff? My closing. Okay, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast. If you want to throw some money our way, we always appreciate that. Discord link you can get if you send me a direct message on Twitter at Cobra Kawaii and prowrestlingtees.com forward slash super j cast for our wonderful t shirts. Big thanks to editor Dan, who's on Twitter at lazvero219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and goodbye. Hello Voices of Wrestling listener, Dave Ryan here. Have you ever wondered to yourself, how many hidden gems are hidden away inside the last years of World Championship Wrestling? Have you ever asked yourself how many tenuous gags can be made about the name Mike Enos? And have you ever thought about what it sounds like for two Irishmen to interpret a very chaotic company through its B-show? The answers to all this and more are just a click away. Check out Days of Thunder every second Thursday on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.